Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and those who fall into neither category. Uh, tonight, I will be your host. My name is Gerilyn Blackwell, and in case you missed the label on the podcast you're listening to, this is Star Trek Reliant. Star Trek Reliant. If you want to drop us a message, send it to Star Trek Reliant at StarbaseUGC.com. Remember, Starbase UGC, that's where you find Star Trek Reliant. And with me tonight are our lovely players. Uh, starting in a reverse order tonight, we're going to start with the new person. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, you'll be playing a new character on tonight. Uh, hi, I'm Sammy, although everybody calls me Sal because in, uh, in, in joke. Uh, uh, and... I hear that there's a I hear that there's a, a rad new email people can send things to call uh, that goes by Reliant at starbaseugc.com. Oh, also I play a character named Daniel. All right, all right, all right. So that's the first person I'm going to introduce you to this evening. Next up, please meet our chief engineer, Rick Tier. Hello, hello, hello. The engines are purring. Engineering is running smooth, and um, there's a guy that looks rather like me in the brig. That's lost an arm. The engines are purring? You know, I still have nightmares about that cat. Anyway, the next person on our list, every starship has got a captain, and unfortunately for him, we've gotten Duncan Idaho to take that role for us this time. Yay! We haven't been court-martialed yet. Technically, I control the Admiralty, so depends on what will make for best drama and interestingness. Woo. Next up, <laughs> did you just boo the fact I'm in control? I said woo. Okay, I was about to say, do you want to test me this early? <laughs> I was about to say, make it roll. Uh, coming up next, the captain's first in command, officer, gentleman, gambler, Dr. Eli O'Connor. I haven't slept in two weeks. I'm heavily caffeinated. Let's practice medicine. You know, I think you're taking this method acting thing a little too far. No such thing as too far with method acting. And last but not least, he's security, he's engineering, he's big and scary, he's overall our major enforcer. Let's hear it up for JB, who plays Chorog. Be very, very quiet, I'm hunting Tardigrades. Well, good luck on that one, considering they can teleport instantaneously out of the way. And as we've just been reminded, they can hunt you. Yo, Waskoi Tardigrade. All right, now that everybody's introduced, and we play now, or at least in your mind, the really awesome credit sequence that Star Trek Reliant has. Keep in mind that, according to your animation, or according to your imagination, this may be even more excessively cool than I think it is. And then the camera zooms in on the bridge of the USS Reliant. Kara is sitting at the station where she flies the ship, and the captain is sitting in mm. the, you know, command chair. Kara looks back over her shoulder. So, um, that happened. There's, there's another me on board. And she's well, weird. Graves avoids trying to say, well, you're weird too, so again, it gets a lot together. And more says, yeah, well... Something, something strange, new worlds and unknown civilizations, and, well, I mean, at least we're giving her a new life here. I mean, yeah, and th there's another you, and there's another Rick, and this whole thing makes my head hurt. Well, just think of other me as me, but 
but it's slightly better or worse fashion sense depending on what your sensibilities may be. <laughs> yeah, he better not cut himself on all that edge. Yeah. Well, anyway, can be I've got us on track back to Starbase Magellan after uh, that little supply run. All right, I'd be glad to get the ship looking back to its normal self soon. So that'll be a good plus. Well, you know, it would have been easier if she hadn't super glued and duct taped everything on. That stuff takes forever to remove. Well, fortunately, we can pass that on over to the engineering crews. They're hopefully going to be able to get, have a better uh, job of taking that stuff off than we can with a uh, uh, spackle and a tardigrade in the hull. Cut to Lieutenant Tardigrade trying to chip away at one of the uh, hulls, uh, the bits of uh, packed with jet metal that's been glued onto the ship. A panel flings off into space and he goes, Yay! And continues trying to chip away at the um, augmentations to the Reliant. Did, did we? Uh, there's a thump that echoes through the ship. A second later, the control panel for the cloaking device goes offline. I think, I think somebody removed something they shouldn't have. Um, should we scan for recovery or just keep going? Yeah, let's just keep going. Let's be honest. That thing was likely to burn out sooner or later anyway. Never trust yeah. a second-hand cloaking device. Eh, what's the worst that can happen? Cut to 300,000 years in the future, and that panel drifts towards a uh, alien colony where it lands and has some unfortunate consequences to be revealed in some distant, distant, distant episode. And we come Pra back to the Reliant. Praise the monolith. Praise the monolith. Back on the Reliant. <laughs> okay. Sorry, uh, <laughs> listeners. We've just we do have a, a Discord chat channel, and somebody has just our doctor has dropped in the most incredible gif. <laughs> um, I don't even know how to explain that one. That looks like the G-Man from Half Life getting into a car perfectly as it spins out of control away from an explosion. Wait a second. Is that I, a, I is have that, no words. Is that the animated Will Smith spy movie reference? Maybe. I have no idea. I never saw it. No idea. It, it, lo it looks like a shot from the trailer. Yeah, with, with the um, tagline, Trippy. <coughs> for our so, yeah. I think it's a Gmod thing. Source filmmaker, The actually. animation's definitely not... Yeah. Oh no no no! So, I get um, it's not actually from the movie. I th I just saw. I think someone was referencing that for some reason. I'm not up on pop culture, so we'll just move on. Indeed, but th that that gif I posted was about the panels. At the moment, yeah. at the moment, Captain Graves asks, "Well, what's the worst that could happen? The ship is locked down into yellow alert, and alarm klaxons go off." Graves rubs his temple. You deserve it, sir. You said the forbidden thing. I did, I did. Oh, uh, what are we uh, what are we detecting? Is Setsa going to be at the science station, or who's going to be at the science station today? Um, <laughs> I was going to say Skipper because I want to see the world burn, but let's just go ahead and say Setsa. Okay, Setsa science station reports that on deck seven and a half there is a temporal incursion. Um, well, the good news is today's going to be interesting. The bad news is that we have a Temporal incursion on deck seven and a half. This isn't a joke, is it? Kara looks around for a minute and then back at Graves. Did was she was she here for the whole briefing on that or? Um, I don't think so. Gotcha. Well, short story. Um, we have time machine on board and it's on deck seven and a half. 
Um, okay. Well, there's something going on down there, so do you want me to go take a look at it? Or is this a you thing? Just let me know what to do. I'm not headed down there. Uh, I would say it's up to the captain, but whoever it is should probably bring Bryce or Chorog along just in case. Yeah, let's go ahead and plan on that. Kara, you've got the bridge. Shetzel, you're with me. Um, have Bryce and Chorog meet us down on the Temporal Lab on deck 7.5. Well, hey, if you're putting me in charge, you might as well take Eli, too, just in case there's a medical issue. Eli says from his chair, I'm right here, you know. Hush, you, I've been put in charge of the bridge, Kara says, jokingly. <laughs> Graves blinks and he just totally forgot about Eli being there, hence him giving the bridge to Kara. And he says, um, Eli, want to come with? Yes, yes I do, since you've given the bridge to... Yeah, well, let's go. Great. Yep, let's just paper over that one. And yeah, we'll just... Beer. Hit. I do owe you a beer. Uh, something stronger or just the beer? Uh, something stronger. Let's make it tequila. I was going to say, you should okay. get off while you're ahead, sir. This was going to be a cheap bribe. It's too late. We got replicators. I'm not spending my EC on stuff, so it's fine. Kara takes the captain's chair and the turbo lift arrives for the bridge members. Bryce is already there. Sets and mumbles as um, as uh, uh, she passes Kara's station and Graves is safely in the turbo lift. She just mumbles. Mm, Captain Sidewad. And proceeds into the turbo lift. So... The next thing that's going to happen is we're going to have to go down a couple levels and pick up Chorog from wherever he is. Where is Chorog on the ship today? Camera pans into Chorog's quarters. It is very dimly lit. Just some red lighting and some candles. Chorog has set up a strange little memorial in his quarters. On his memorial is a Nausicaan Tegelar sword covered in a Tholian silk sheath. He is kneeling before this small memorial and muttering some chants. The reason he's doing this is because the anniversary of his pirate's oath is upon him, and he is preparing to reenact the ceremony. At that moment, a bosun's whistle rings out throughout his quarters, and Kara's voice pipes up. Hey, Charog! Want to help subdue a temporal incursion real quick? Sure, I could do that. Let me, um, let me tuck away what I'm doing here and I'll join them. Right on. The turbo lift looks like it's on its way down to your deck, and then they'll be headed up to deck seven and a half. So, you know, that should be fun. Wait, wait. Deck seven and a half? Since when do starships have half decks? Oh, you weren't here for that meeting either. Okay, short story. Uh, there's a deck seven and a half, and we've got a time machine on it. Okay, that... I'm not. I'm too sober for this anyway. I, I'll just beat him there. Yeah, it's best to just accept things around here. Chorog then joins the group in the turbo lift. And the doors slide shut with a hiss. And it slides up to the secretive, unknown, except to everybody who was at the meeting anyway, deck seven and a half. And it opens up onto the dark, sparsely lit area where there's the temporal time stream manipulator, the temporal time stream analyzer, and what looks to be a very unusual transporter pad. And sprawled out across the floor is what looks to be a humanoid in a white pressure suit. I'm not hallucinating this, am I? No, no, you're not. Grave sighs and says, all right, scan... 
the body slash new arrival onto the, the line. And let's also take a uh, look at what uh, what Anomaly could have brought him here. Alrighty, um, Eli gets his tricorder out. This sounds Draw. like a job for a doctor. Troll cautiously draws his weapon, just in case the body decides to get a little too frisky. First off, let's get a quick medical roll from Eli. Let's go with uh, control medical, since you're using a tricorder. All right, I forgot to open the drive before this, so just give me just a moment to open that up. Very unprofessional. All right, so you said control medical. That is... 15. And I have... <clears throat> I have focuses for a lot of medical, medical things, so I'm just assuming that it counts. Uh, this would specifically be respiratory issues or environmental suit controls or something along those lines. I have emergency medicine, xenobiology, trauma surgery, advanced um, medical research. Emergency medicine probably applies to this situation. All right, sweet. Yeah, it's a quick scan. It turns out the uh, person lying there is just slightly unconscious. It looks like their environment suit is running out of air, and they've got some slight carbon dioxide poisoning. If you get them out of the suit, they'll probably wake up within a minute or two. Captain, he's alive. Well, for right now, let's get that well, helmet off. All right, uh, let's see to that. And sets uh, any um, readings on any residual uh, temporal anomalies? Uh, how is Setsa going to go about this? Is she going to do it with her tricorder? Is she going to go over to the time stream analyzer? What's, what's she doing? Uh, she's going to play it safe and use her tricorder. All right, control science, please. And none of her focuses applies because anthropology, trade, and economics, and ecology is not going to help her work out temporal MacGuffins. One success. She's able to narrow down the time with which this person came from to roughly the early 24th first century, maybe the late 20th century. Beyond that, it's difficult to say. The uh, chronotons are scrambling everything so much she can't even tell whether or not he's from this universe, the mirror universe, or from something even stranger. It looks like, though, he must have gotten caught in something as the ship was going by and pulled in through the temporal transporter. Setsu relays... Setsu relays the information and adds... Well, I mean, it could be worse, but knowing you're... Well, Marcus, knowing your centuries, this could be problematic if he's from certain parts. Oh, never mind. Well, he should be safe. I'm not detecting anything untowards with the suit, anything else like that. Probably just needs to get it off and get a bit of a rest. Bryce pipes up. Well, if he's not safe, it'll give me a chance to put my new kung fu programming to use. Eli speaks up. Uh, Scans, Joe, I don't think he's an augment, so... This is correct. He is not an augment. Charles just standing there trying to understand what he's saying. <laughs> Bryce uh, just walks over and starts giving Chirag a quick rundown. So, I don't remember all the particulars, but something to do with Starfleet temporal operations, and we have this deck that was built that we didn't know about, and... We occasionally use it on our different missions when called to. Uh, at least that's what I remember from Philip Cray saying. For some reason, it's all a bit fuzzy. I'll take your word for it. Is whatever that is dangerous? Uh, Marcus says, mm, probably not. 
Well, if he's talking about the temporal tech, then, uh, yes, actually, everything in here is exceptionally dangerous. Oh, yes. Well, the technology is probably stuff you shouldn't be playing around with, but our new guest, again, we should probably just get out of here before anything more complex happens and find out what we can do for him. The helmet is stuck. Does anybody have a wrench? Um, I can rip it off. Okay, I was going to say, like, break the glass, but that works too. Bryce looks over at Chorog. Wait a minute, aren't you an engineer? Can't you just, like, use a wrench? Eh, where's the fun in that? Setsa raises her hand and says, Well, I've got, well, delicate little board fingers, so I can probably use those to wrench something up. You got a point, because this belongs in a museum, legally speaking. Yeah, and I don't want to accidentally rip his head off or anything. Bryce is like, yes, yes to both of those statements. Setsa, you try first. Setsa nods, and as she proceeds over, she looks over to the con- like one of the uh, temporal control consoles and sees what looks like a sheet of paper over one of the displays. Sheet of paper appears to be a crayon doodle of a house on a grassy field, the bright sun, and a whole bunch of tardigrades on it. She tries not to think about what might have gone wrong, or at least what didn't what didn't what didn't stick if there was other temporal incursions. But she tries her uh, best luck at the helmet. Ah, uh, tardigrades. So, Is there anything they can't do? As for this, it depends. How sets are going to go about trying to get it off? I would say probably control engineering. So, yeah, control engineering is she's just basically going to try to open it up using her engineering knowledge and what she thinks is the proper way to do that on an old spacesuit. So she's also got to focus on creative problem solving, but she's probably going to take the direct route, so I don't think that applies. Yeah, that wouldn't apply unless you were trying something else. No. Two successes. Doesn't matter, though. After a few minutes of looking at it, uh, she's able to determine a few switches and locks that Eli missed while trying to get the helmet off, and it pops right off, revealing the very woozy-looking human, Daniel, who is slowly starting to come around. Uh, quick question. Uh, do the, does everybody's uh, translators automatically make people who don't have a translator understand what they're saying? Yeah, and he's going to be, well, a lot of these people, or at least two of these people are mostly human. Yeah, the captain and Eli will probably be speaking English. Probably. Actually, Graves won't. Because he wasn't raised on Earth. So, if there's any hiccup, Graves will not be speaking a, a human language. Who's the other one, then? Oh, right, Bryce. Uh, yeah, Bryce, uh, Bryce would be the one that uh, appears mostly human, whereas... Eli's got the spots. Okay, yeah, I just thought I'd ask, because if suddenly waking up surrounded by people straight speaking strange languages that I've I'd never heard before could be, act, I don't know. Yeah, the ship's universal translator, it's not like, it's something that's just sort of omnipresent in Star Trek, so you don't have to worry about it kicking in, kicking off. They've been in these situations before, so it's just something that's there. Although for your reference... This is the first person he sees standing over him. I would also like to point out that waking up surrounded by strange people I don't recognize babbling at me is just a usual Saturday morning. Uh, so I guess, uh, I guess, uh, Daniel, uh, starts to come, come around. They have a horrible, horrible headache. They're, 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 they still have their eyes closed, but they're kind of moving their head a bit. 
and they just hear a bunch of people talking over them uh and eventually they're they just kind of like crack their eyes open to look around the room from the still lying on the floor where uh, where where am i that he's coming to salve let's wait that's latin you latin's a dead language you don't speak that uh wait wait who are we? and uh and uh, wait uh at that point, uh, at that point, Daniel notices uh, notices Kara and just kind of like their eyes go wide and they try to shuffle away a bit with the uh, panicked look. Kara's not there. Did you mean Setsa? Oh, sorry, sorry, uh, Setsa. Sorry, Setsa just waves and gets her chariot. Hello there. Welcome to the USS Reliant. You're in space now. Bryce looks at the spacesuit then over at Kara. I, I think he was in space before. Maybe, maybe not. But he's in space now. We're on a spaceship. Um, is there a more specific procedure for this, or do we just start, like, just give him a general introduction? Um, well, first, I'm pretty sure physical and some vaccinations would be good, so we don't kill him with, you know, future diseases. Also, also from behind them, they hear a knock at the door before it opens. In comes Checkers, shouting, Welcome to the world of tomorrow! Because I need to shoehorn that in. <laughs> Ah, you would say that. Bryce sighs and escorts Checkers out, leaving Chorog to be the security personnel. Follow me, I'll take you to sick bay. Uh, I, I guess I try to stand up. I don't, I don't know how possible that is uh, right now, though. Well, you have a character sheet, so let's just go ahead and go with a fitness command. I, I try to stand up, and um, and just, I, I, I just kind of col- my knees kind of give out and I collapse back onto the floor. All right, he's not going to be able to walk on his own. Yeah, we better uh, help him. Or we could use the transporter. We have a medical transporter. Transporter is good. Meanwhile, uh meanwhile Daniel's still just kind of muttering a little under his breath about something about strange talking kangaroos. I would like to point out Daniel that you just arrived here after a massive explosion being thrown through a strange world of indefinable color and sound for who knows how long, and now a blue light falls over you, and you feel strange, and you're starting to fade away again. This just, this just ain't my day. A remarkably calm reaction, but you, you next find yourself lying on a bed in what appears to be some futuristic hospital, or perhaps a hotel room. It's hard to tell. Yeah, right. Right now he's still in shock about uh, everything that just happened. Over wanders a small, almost pig-faced man who looks over at him. Who the hell are you? Uh, Daniel? He's our visitor, visitor Ged. Who Ged are you? Over as everyone comes in. Oh, right. I'm Nurse Ged. Nice to meet you, I guess. Man, your blood oxygen concentration is all out of whack. Give me a second here. He moves over to the wall, and there's a machine there that seems to create out of nothing what... Looks to be an injector, but not quite. He comes over and presses it against uh, Daniel's neck and presses the button, and Daniel immediately starts to feel about as normal as you can get in this situation. Uh, he's, he's just still taking everything in. Like, like strange creatures, a, a strange alien ship. Uh, someone said something about the, about the land of tomorrow. 
and then at that point, at that point, he kind of gets a, a weird look on his face, and uh, is is Checkers still in? Uh, is Checkers here right now? He was escorted out, but he's co- he can go to the sick bay. They didn't say no. All right. <laughs> I, I I guess uh, I just Only look because at, Bryce didn't know where he was going. I guess I just look to someone and ask, "Wait, World of Tomorrow?" Okay, what year is it for you? I almost say cue uh, the audience laugh track as it takes Daniel a while to answer this. I think it was the fifties. The twenty uh, no, that would have been before the space program. If you're thinking at least Gemini program, that would have been the nineteen sixties. Unless you're talking about twenty fifties. Uh, okay, which fifties? You're gonna have to be a lot more specific. There's been a lot of those. Uh, okay, so I my birthday was then, and then twenty fifty two. All right. Uh, is wait, and he, he kind of looks back and forth before leaning in uh, towards Eli. Am I in the future? You're taking a lot better than other people usually do. Yeah, yeah, you are, buddy. I'm just listen. I'll probably wake up screaming later, but I'm. St- I think I'm. I'm. I'm just. I'm just. Adrenaline really... is a hell of a drug. I'm I'm just really leaning on my shock right now to not freak out. Well, Ged walks over. Listen up. If you don't wake up screaming now, we can fix that. We've got an excellent psychologist. He's really good at making people wake up screaming. Or I could just read him some Nausicaan poetry. That'll make anyone scream. <laughs> Nausicaans have poetry? Yes, you'd be surprised. All right, I'm going to need some information for the system. What is your name? Uh... Uh, um, my my name is uh, Daniel. Ged waits for a minute and then looks over. You got a surname, Daniel? Oh, yeah, yeah, sir. Uh, Wells. Daniel Wells from 2052. Do you need a middle name or? Middle name might help narrow it down, but I don't think there's going to be many Daniels in 19, 19, 2052 that were flung into space. Well, there is a good news. The name he just gave matches uh, what's written on the suit. That is very beneficial. A bosun's whistle is heard throughout the medical cabin, followed by Kara's voice. Uh, hey, so, um, I saw the transporter signal. How, how are things down there? Can we cancel yellow alert, or what? Yes, we can. Uh, actually, Captain, this is for you. I'm sorry. Uh, Graves says, yeah, we can probably cancel a yellow alert. Um, let's just be on the lookout for residual chroniton radiation and temporal anomalies. Aye, aye, Captain. I'll, uh, I'll get the, the trio up here to man the science station. Uh, okay, uh, I'll just keep us going to Magellan. Uh, you better have a good story for me later, because I don't know what's going on, but I bet it's cool. Um, it's pretty cool. Graves, uh, 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 hops off a biobed he was just sitting on nonchalantly and says well, for what it's worth uh, welcome to the USS Reliant I am Captain Marcus Graves uh, Captain of said vessel and we represent the United Federation of Planets and specifically its uh, exploration branch uh, Starfleet we are generally on a mission of peaceful exploration and we try not to get into trouble too much Earth is generally pr- doing pretty well right now and we are currently not on in too many wars. So that's great. Speaking of wars, congrats. You missed World War Three. Yeah, that was a pretty big... That was a good skip. Ged walks over to one of the biobeds, opens a panel. 
pulls out a bottle of blue liquid. So congratulations, welcome to the future. You want a drink? Yeah, I, I, uh, what? I, I guess I'm thirsty. Graves World War Three says, "Yeah, yeah, there's World War Three. Um, not great, but we made first contact with aliens thereafter. Vulcans, very nice. Uh, dedicated to logic, and one of the founding members of the Federation, along with humans and several other species like Talarite and Dorians, and several others. So." Yeah, we can get you up to speed on history. We've got books, we've got videos, uh, holographic programs you can take a look at, and generally do your best to get acclimated. We'll have quarters for you uh, set up here, and if you want to kind of relax and sort of be around people, we do have a lounge here, Club 42, that someone can uh, see you to if need be. When the captain is giving his little spiel, Ged gives a wave when he says Tellarite. During the rest of it, he's busy pouring out... Uh, this blue alcohol into several glasses. He passes one to Eli, one to Daniel, and keeps two for himself. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll pretend I understood half of that. And it just, I guess, takes a drink. But yeah, nuclear war, it's nasty, but things got better. They used nukes again? Yeah. Okay, for using nuclear, I'm gonna drop every bit of threat I have on your next roll. You have offended God. (laughs) (laughs) Nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. Wait, did I say nuclear? No, Eli did. And Uh, you you guys can't see it, but every time you say that word, I twitch. Well, I guess I have to go to the sensors for nuclear. The sensors. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> it's okay, I hate the I too. will go see to the sensors. I will go see to the torpedoes. You're placing the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> so Grave, uh, Grave says, all right, well, yeah, if we are good to go, then I think I'll see to the bridge. Um, Setsa, Setsa just sort of shrugs and says, Oh, the ship's over. I'll just go to Club 42 and hang out there. Graves nods. Says, all right. See you later. Sets the shrugs. And Graves sighs and heads out. So should we assign uh, Daniel here a chaperone to get acquainted with the ship? Not it. Um, I can show him around, but I, I have a personal thing I have to see you to first. Uh, Graves looks around. Yeah, Graves looks to Checkers. Hey, Checkers, you busy? He's wearing a chef's hat and an apron. No? Um, great. We can use someone to help orient a new guest here to the USS Reliant, as well as to the 25th century. Um, I have a feeling you might be good at these kinds of situations, so if you could just help Daniel here um, get acclimated, uh, be much appreciated. Hmm. All right, but I have to get back to my pizza soon. All right. Um, great. So he turns to Daniel and says, "Has your chaperone is busy making pizza? Do no, you he can join me. I need an assistant chef. Okay, you want to go make pizza? Uh, sure. That sounds normal. Yeah, what, what closes up the liquor supply underneath the bed. Well, first things first, you'll probably want to get out of that spacesuit. Won't be much fun lugging that heavy thing around in here. Uh, 
Daniel just kind of like gives like an absent-minded nod and then just looks back down at the drink that he just tried and asks, "What is this?" Romulan whiskey. It's got a quick, quite a kick to it. Nice little burn, if I say so myself. Ah, cool. And they oh, just yeah. kind of set it, set it down to the side, still mostly full. Chorog turns to Daniels before he leaves and said, if you, think, if you think that's good, I got something that'll really knock your socks off. Oh, no, 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 that's fine. So, uh, pizza, right? And he tries to stand up again and grab his helmet. You shouldn't have any problems standing up now. Get his pup chew full of the feel-good drugs. But he's right, that spacesuit is heavy. Also, when your back is turned, Gred gab- Ged grabs the drink that Daniel Daniel set down and tosses back the rest of it. Eli says, you s- I was going to get that. That's my bottle. Um, I got Graves, is gonna make a, Graves is going to make a surreptitious attempt to grab a bottle from Ged Supply. Hmm, that's going to be a sneak roll. Let's see. I'd say fitness security. You got to be dexterous and you got to know what you're doing. Let's see how Marcus does here. No, crap. You're not sure this is daring security? No, this is fitness security. Graves needs to get on the treadmill more. Two successes! Regardless of what you thought would happen, Graves is able to quickly sneak out a bottle when when Ged isn't looking and is busy downing the other drink. Ged turns back around and looks in there. Hey, I'm missing a bottle. Graves Graves shrugs and is just holding the bottle behind him. Ed looks around suspiciously and just closes the latch for now. So you you know I'm not going to take anything. Graves says, alrighty then, well, um, let me just report up to Kara, and if there's anything else, just reach me by combat. Ed nods. Right. So As Graves walks out, he um, leaves the bottle on Eli's desk. Because he's just in that kind of mood today. (sighs) <sighs> and here's the captain trying to start shit. <laughs> uh, Graves uh, sends a quick me- memo up to Kara saying that he has invited some alcohol for um, social purposes and will be taking a, um hour before coming back on duty. Kara replies in the affirmative, says that in about 30 minutes they'll be at Magellan Station. And on a note from the DM, we have two potential paths to follow at the moment. So I will let the players quickly decide amongst themselves whether the next place we go is Chorog's quarters or wherever the hell Checkers is going. Also, uh, we got something with Rick, too. Oh, or we can go to engineering to meet up with Rick. Unless it's the other Rick, in which case we'd be in the brig. <laughs> no, this is uh, engineering. Uh, Rick's got, um, looking over some of the, the, the stuff that has been um, adhered, shall we say, to the hull. Um, and he's got that in his hands, turning it over, testing, like, the, the brittleness of it, um, before he, he taps his combatch. Uh, Rick here to Setsa. Setsa here. Um, I have been looking over some of the stuff that's been to touch the hull, and I could use, use your help in trying to determine a, a solvent for it, um, to help, um, um, more easily remove the, uh, shall we say, additions to the hull. Um, it's it's throwing off some of the warp, 
world feuds and, and disrupting uh, our normal um, capabilities. But uh, when, once we get it off, it should be fine. And I could use your help. Hi, I'll be down there as soon as I can. <clears throat> That's a change of course from Club 42 to engineering. Scene change to engineering. Sets our eyes. From somewhere in engineering, there's a disembodied haunting meow that none of the engineering crew seem to pay attention to. There's a cat in here. Somebody in Ensign from up front simply says, we don't talk about the cat. Right. Um, well, I'm here to help with the stuff that's attached to the hall. Uh, he points to Rick, which is uh, just sort of deeper down into engineering in one of the corners. Um, in, it's some kind of material lab that he's at. That's a heads over and just taps Rick on the shoulder and says, Hey there, ready to help out. Oh, uh, Sitter, thanks, thanks for coming. Um, we do have, um, we do have some samples of this stuff, and, um, I would like your assistance in, in just performing some analysis of it. Um, so, uh, see, uh, what you can, can, uh, get out of this thing, will you? And he, uh, and he's, um, so sort of like uh, green paws uh, is is a uh, a reptilian uh, uh, lizard person uh, for uh, Daniel, even though Daniel's not there, um, and he sort of just uh, drops it down into Setsa's hand. Uh, Setsa takes the um, solution, just gives a curt nod, and proceeds over to an analysis station and begins making her scans. Let's go ahead and go with uh, Control Science. Ooh! Two successes! We are doing good tonight. Computer chugs and chugs and eventually spits out a solution for the perfect solvent to dissolve this mystery gunk. That's a uh, related to the information. The formula is two atoms of hydrogen to one atom of oxygen. Sets so relays the information over to Rick and says. Well, I've got a solution to you. It involves water. And I think that's all we need. Yeah, okay. Uh, didn't really take it for it to be soluble in water, but... Uh, Alright, uh, I guess we will... Uh, when we get to uh, to uh, Magellan, we can um, don some... Get our boys into EV suits and... Never thought I'd actually say this, but spray down the exterior of the Reliant. It should be noted, this will be complicated due to the fact that its space is cold. Really, really cold. <sighs> I'm not looking forward to working out how to uh, deploy water without freezing in uh, the vacuum of space. Got pressure, temperature. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's a, uh, sad. Well, I mean, you might not be able to do anything about that. You might just use a, just a fine mist of uh, water particles and use that to move it off. Well, then, then it becomes an abrasive rather than dissolving it. And if it abrades... Well, there, and... probably get a little chemical action in there, too. And, you know, you know, Roland could do with a general, you know, clean. Be good. We're going to the ship wash, yeah. <laughs> I've got some ideas. I'm, that's it. I'm, I'm think I could uh, make up something that's insulated and yet... Um, Effective in uh, deploying the water and actually trying to scrub this stuff out. I, 
and how, as a just general question, I'm not sure about surfing chips. Um, how water rated is the Reliant? Like, could we go to atmosphere and land in an ocean for a bit? Just, you know, out around and let the uh, parts fall off? That would uh, most definitely be intergalactic littering. And theoretically, um, it's 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 not about the water because um, the, if the, the hull could be penetrated by water, then we'd be dealing with a lot of um, lot of um, air and and uh, temperature issues as well. But um, if we can, it, it's more to more with the lift and structure to to get out of a, a strong gravity well such as or a planet. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I'm sure we can work out something with the, with the rear fans. I'm, I'm thinking something with scrubbing brushes, an insulated um, hose, some uh, probably some normal detergent as well, just to get rid of everything else on the soap. Uh, um, well, another possibility could be to create an envelope like around the Reliant and just pressurize it and just with just enough to keep water liquid. There is also that. The, the question is, uh, with the with the temperature, how... I'll need to do some maths, but we've got some figuring out to do. Bubble and healer. Just need lots of sheeting. Alright, so Rick T will try and work out where the, the best try and best way to deploy uh, the water. Some sort of machine, some sort of uh, energy field con controlling and compressing the water, or something else. Uh, we've got a lot of ship to cover, and and uh, and a lot of In time this case, to do. I believe that would be a reason engineering role because you're going to be working on this, trying to figure it out in you know mind before actually deploying it. Yeah. And unfortunately, since you're not working right now with the rest of the engineering team, you don't get the automatic success you normally would. No. All right, so this is uh, reason 12 and 5, so 17. Uh, uh, none of my two successes. You remember that Starbase Magellan has a dry dock. Oh, yes, if they can close up the space, we can uh, control the environment of it. That'll be much easier to worry about water with just a spray hose in, in a controlled environment. Okay. By the end of the episode, everyone's going to be in swimsuits. I guarantee it, folks. All right, so uh, Rick T uh, com does the combat again. Captain. To Rick, uh, Rick T is the captain. Kara answers. Acting Captain Kara. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, uh, see if we can um, make our way to the dry dock on Magellan. Um, we're going to have to try and uh, use the dry dock to control the environment so we can actually uh, spray spray this stuff off uh, the ship. Righto. I'll let Engineer Gas know as soon as we're there. They should have no problem with it. We're one of the few ships assigned out to this area, so... Yep, we just need to uh, set our replicators to continually pump out some water. There's a pause. So to get this stuff off, we're giving the ship a bath. Essentially, yes. I mean, uh, well, you, know, you can think of it as a, as a old earth uh, car wash if you really want to do. I, 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 I don't even know anymore, but uh, thanks, Rick. I will get everything set up for you. 
Um, at this point, uh, Lieutenant Tardigrade, who's on the bridge, just growls and says, and he scuttles off. Kara just shouts after him, John, it's for the ship, not you. Oh, wait, uh, I still have the button on. Uh, bye, Rick. All right, that's it for there. This leaves us two possible places to go next. We can follow up with Chorog, or we can follow up with Daniel. Place your votes now, ladies and gentlemen. I will calculate them shortly. We got the call-in number for the listeners, right? Um, we'll have it Tuesday. Right. Well, next the camera zooms in on Chorog, who is back in his quarters after having been somewhat disturbed during, well, what must be a rare peaceful moment for a Nausicaan like Chorog. Chorog is back in his quarters. He is back kneeling in front of the small shrine he has erected. He is looking over the Tegelar sword covered with the Tholian silk uh, cover. He is chanting to himself, staring at the blade. He finally picks up the blade, removes the uh, the Tholian silk cover, and begins to look over the blade, sharpens it briefly, and puts it down on a pile of a uniform that he's not worn in a while. His initiate uniform. Seconds later, Trorog has put on his initiate uniform and has secured the Tegelar to his belt. Uniform's a little snug, but not all that... Not too tight that he can't wear it. Trog walks over to one of his, his computer terminals, types in a quick message to Kara, the captain, Eli, and Checkers, and pushes the send button. He then leaves his quarters, carrying his Tegelar sword with him, goes to the holodeck. And what is that message for both our listeners and the people who receive it? Moments later, a message blinks on Kara's display panel. It is from Trog. It's it, a very simple message. All it says is, please honor, please honor me with your presence in the holodeck at 2100 hours. I would, there is something I would like you to take part of. Kara looks it over, nods. Looks up, turning her head, you know, nearly upside down to look behind her and look at uh, the current weapons officer, a uh, Zindi reptilian. So, how'd you like to be captain for a while? Larissa just nods and says, I'm game. Okay, I gotta go do a thing. The captain's gonna be back in an hour anyway. And Eli is somewhere, so, like, there's plenty of people to talk to if we got an emergency, but I don't think you're gonna have an emergency. Uh... Well, we can only hope. Larissa uh, leaps over the um, the uh, arch behind the uh, captain's chair and, or uh, from the tactical station to the captain's chair and just springs right into the captain's chair if it's unoccupied. Kara nods and uh, walks off to the turbo lift to head down to the holodeck. Uh, a moment later, Larissa uh, uh, snaps her fingers like, oh, right, helm. And she um, calls <laughs> Lieutenant Moon to come take the uh, helm. He arrives a few minutes later, groggy, with a cup of coffee. This isn't my normal shift, man. <laughs> Graves receives the message as well and proceeds over to the holodeck while Setsa just kind of hangs out in Club 42. 
while Chorog is waiting for everyone to arrive, he activates program Chorog Plundar 1. After a few moments, the holodeck indicates that the program is now loaded and running. Chorog walks in to a very, very dimly lit room. Muted red lights, lots of candles, lots of chanting, just a lot of noise. The sounds of pikes being driven into a metal floor. There is a platform he could see in the distance with a replicated visage of his pirate clan chief, the one who initiated him into the pirate order. Trog just waits in the back of the room for the rest of everyone to arrive so he can explain what is going on. Kara shows up first, looks around. I get the feeling blood and alcohol are going to be involved. Not as much as you would think. Huh. Right then. This is kind of a solemn ceremony. This is every year members of my pirate clan are required to reenact their initiation into their pirate raider clan. And I have asked my friends to join me while I reenact this solemn event. This this is something that is important to every member of the Plundar Raider clan. Uh-huh. In that case, I feel like I'm dressed incorrectly. She goes over to the arch and a second later comes back in what would be basically an Ibby battle uniform, since it's the closest thing she can figure to what would be formal for this event. Graves arrives uh, a moment later with his uh, uh, uniform ha uh, half-zipped and or uniform jacket half-zipped and just sort of nods and says, ah, I think I might know what's going on here. Captain, welcome. This is the reenactment of the anniversary of my taking the pirate's oath for the Plundar Raider Clan, which is my Raider Clan. Uh, gotcha, gotcha. The family business had a couple of nice bodyguards, and uh, yeah, I know they um, got up to a little bit of fun stuff when it came to anniversary of when they were uh, signed up to their uh, mercenary band. So, yeah, honored to be here. Oh, right. You're, you, the world you grew up on was mostly Nausicans, wasn't it? Well, Nausicans, Orions, uh, Ferengi, Bolians, Rigelians, uh, it's a big and mix. So let's see. Who was invited I think that we're still missing? Eli and Checkers. Well, the same person is responsible for both, so we can have either or both show up. Eli shows up in his regular-looking uniform, opting more for the DS9 one, or first contact one, because, you know, I like that one. My favorite. Welcome. Kara sure. looks over at him and just stares for a second. So you're in your off time. You can wear whatever you want, and you just wear a different uniform. I've been wearing this uniform for a while. Most of the day. I just didn't want to change. I like it better than the Odyssey. What could I say? There's Dodds uh, wearing a Sierra 01 uniform and just says, yeah, I'm still trying to get away with not wearing the Odyssey so far, although Command makes me when I'm I do the official briefings with the Admiralty. Allow me to give you a rundown of what event you will be witnessing today. Today is the anniversary of my taking the Pirate's Oath with my Raider Clan, the Plundar Clan. I have invited you, my, my closest friends, to witness this event. You will see me take the oath, and you'll, you will see 
my test of metal, which is required of every new initiate. So don't be alarmed when you if you see me when the major fight breaks out. Alright, looks over. Are we allowed to join the major fight? No, only I, I must it is only for me to fend off. I must prove my metal as a pirate. See, now I'm glad I asked. Graves nods and simply nods and just takes up a ready pose, hands behind the back, legs um, out a little bit, and just waits for a drug. And doctor, just so you know, you're going to see me get jabbed with some pain sticks. These are not Klingon pain sticks. These are Nausicaan pain sticks. That's basically, basically Klingon pain sticks ramped up by 100. Yeah, just like I said, they're worse. Yeah, don't worry, I can handle it. Computer, run program. Uh, what was that? I said, where's Checkers? Checkers, uh, uh, Graves pipes up and says, oh yeah, um, he's making, uh, pizza with Daniel, the, uh, time traveler. Oh. I feel like you should tell me about that when we get done with this. Oh, yeah, we'll, uh, talk. Well, the program initiates. Uh, if you get... No, go ahead. I was going to say, if you guys want Checkers to be there too, we could just walk in eating pizza. I had a scene planned. Yeah, so we'll get to that right after okay, this. Never mind Checkers then. is just absent for now. Alright. Chorog initiates the program. The scene begins to play. There is loud chanting, loud shouting, the sound of metal pikes slamming against the floor. Chants of Kateth Katen. Dingo Plundar, over and over again. Basically translated, Hail, Hail, Clan Plundar. Trog takes a step forward and is greeted by bright lights in his face. A large, booming voice echoes from the front of the chamber. Who presents himself to this council? It is I, the pirate, Trog. I seek the oath. Prove yourself worthy, then. Approach. Trog starts walking forward. There are five sets of guards on each side of the path that he walks, each of them carrying a Nausicaan pain stick. Klingon pain stick times a hundred. Trog walks up to the first group. They jab him in the ribs. He lets out a loud yell. Before you go on, let's go ahead and get some rolls on this, just to see... I'm not going to do anything horrible. You're definitely going to make it through the gauntlet. Well, let's see if you have anything horrible to deal with afterwards. So how about a fitness security roll? This should be pretty easy for you. All right, give me one second here. Yeah, let me find my character sheet here. Remember, on Star Trek Reliant, we are only the most professional of professional Star Trek adventure players. And, of course, it's not freaking loading. I got you. Fitness security would be a 15 for you. Thank you. My thing's being just stupid tonight. Oh, 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 it's a little tickle. You're fine. Trog moans a little bit. Yeah, it hurt. But he's a he's a Nausicaan pirate. He can take it. He walks forward, takes the second one, shrugs it off. Proceeds to third, fourth, and fifth, each jabbing a little longer. This did not phase him. He's been through worse. He approaches the bench where the where his supreme clan leader sits. You have survived the gauntlet. You have proven your mettle. Declare your, declare your loyalty to this clan and to this life. All right. 
Torog. M Clan Plundar. I am pirate. I will not break the oath. I swear loyalty to this clan, to its members, to this life. Should I break this oath, I accept the consequence of death. Hail, Clan Plundar! Hail, Nausicaa! Hail this life! Tara leans over slightly and whispers to the captain, You know, I'm glad Starfleet doesn't make me do something like this every year. The clan leader stands up from his seated position. Present your Tegolar! Your sim- the symbol of your life! Trog unsheaths his Tegolar and raises it above his head. With this blade, I take the life of my enemies and the enemies of this clan. This blade is life. The clan leader then hops the podium where he is at, approaches Trog, draws his blade. Prove your mettle in battle. The two engage in a rather violent sword battle. A lot of lot of clashing, but eventually Trog manages to overpower the clan leader, take his blade and cross him at his throat. I have beaten you. Your life is mine. There is a very, very loud rattle, shout, and chant from the crowd around them. The clan approves of this. The clan leader gets to his feet. You have bested me in battle. You have proven your worth. Your oath is valid. You are Clan Plundar for life. For life, for this life, Trog replies. He turn, turns to his friend. They, the ceremony has concluded. Tara just kind of looks over. Man, somebody jabbed me with those sticks and I deck them. But I guess you're not allowed to do that. No, do Graves nods and says, uh, duly noted, Lieutenant, and, yeah, again, thanks for inviting us, Jorog. Thank you for being witness to this event. It means, it means a lot to me. Tara nods, and then leans over to the captain. Hey, do you suppose the chief is holding back a little? Wouldn't he have to lose that fight to everybody who comes through? Or what if he wins? Actually, you know what, I'm just going to go ask Jorog about this later. My friends, would you care to join me, Club 42, for a round of drinks? Graves you had me uh, at drinks. Perks Graves perks up a little and says, um, yeah, actually, Club 42 is where I was planning on heading to next anyway, so that works out pretty well. I can, do, for everyone. I can do one drink, but I have to get back to history research on our new friend to find out um, if he has any living family or anything like that. Good man. You've got a fairly well narrowed down somebody who disappeared in space named Daniel Wells at a rough time period. There can't be that many. An exact time period, 2052. Well, there you go. Like I said, there can't be that many. The group All right, gets, then. The group gets together and starts to head out, and the camera pans around the ship. And I'm going to let Eli take this, because I've got no idea where the hell I should be zooming in. Uh, Check quick, uh, oh. quick note here. Do we want to take our mid-session break right now, uh, before we get started, or do that after? Uh, probably a good time to take a break. Yeah. All right, everybody, take five. Smoke if you got them. Also, hey. did you see the message I sent you, Car? I did. I'll get to that during the break. Okay. <laughs> I thought I had a third picture. 
Welcome back to Star Trek Reliant. I am a person. Anyway. I mean, debatable? You know what? Fair. Fair. <laughs> okay, I, I won't drop the thread on you now. That was, that was payback for the nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. <laughs> anyway, um, we come back to Checkers leading, uh, leading Daniel to his quarters. All right, we need to get you out of there. Um, no time for replicators. I don't want to eat pizza to burn, so pick an outfit. Now, pick an outfit. <laughs> he shows the selection to sell, which is in game time chat. For our audience, I will simply point out that Checkers has very odd fashion sense, leaning towards cyberpunk, mech warrior, and I don't even know. That's all mech warrior. Perhaps. Literally uh, all of his mech warrior. Quick question. Does the, does the mullet come with the second option? Um, yes, it's a wig. Okay, I go with the second option. <laughs> I should actually point out for the listeners that the long brown mullet in the second picture, along with the leather jacket and, you know, jean shirt and these other things, um, Daniel is blonde and has a beard. So now he's got a brown mullet and a blonde beard. So do sure. I, but... For the listeners, the first picture listed looks like space age long underwear. You know, that is the best possible description you could give. That's way better than what I could have given. And the third one doesn't look too different from what I was already wearing. Doesn't have glass. Also, it plugs into your brain. Looks, looks like Modoc before his accident. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, that's, that's who I was thinking of. Looks like Modoc. Anyway, once the mullet and jean jacket slash leather jacket combination has been picked, Checkers leads Daniel... To the tubes. Alright, we're climbing through here. Um, are we supposed to be in here? It's okay, I live here, sometimes. I mean, alright. And like, <laughs> just follow, follows checkers into the tubes. They go through the Jeffrey's tubes. Eventually, they start hearing, um, crap. Who did that some more, right? I'm pretty sure that was Dean Martin, right? Yeah, Dean Martin. Alright, he, he, they start hearing Dean Martin playing. Just, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie. <laughs> I hate this. Anyway, yes, they crawl through the tubes. Um, Daniel notices... Uh, go on. So, just, Daniel just offhandedly comments, Well, it's good to know this is still a popular song. As they walk through the tubes, he'll notice they're like... Uh, Wall scones with burning candles on it. At some point, they pass a beehive. Yeah, they pass a they pass a couple beehives before they come uh, to a large junction in the run, tubes where they run, can stand. Run, run from the bees! They're evil. Not evil. On it, yes, honestly, it, he's too preoccupied in thinking, knowing that there's open flames lining, as, like what he thinks is are basically like ventil like air ducts. In a in a oxygen rich rich environment in space, that's all atmosphere. It's fine. Pizza oven, tip of the iceberg. But yes, they come to a a large open junction. Um, stand here. Checkers immediately stands, and soon as uh Daniel stands, he sees second checkers. <laughs> Mister Weld uh, slowly gets the feeling that these two might be a little weirder than usual, even for here. Into one of the walls, um, they hollowed out the 
the actual metal components and have installed a brick oven pizza. Your brick brick pizza oven shit. <laughs> if Rick ever finds out about this. Other checkers in his still in his combat helmet is there throwing dough in the air. Above them is a silver chandelier being held by rope. It is it is all candles. Um can, can I add can in to please do uh, to the scene. So I can add into the scene that in the corner there is a small little something with potentially too many arms for uh, um, Daniel uh, Daniel's comfort just sitting there with a uh, pizza cutter just spinning it slowly over and over again. It's about it three to four feet tall and just is apparently there. It is an ugly just... human child. Daniel's just kind of... Tardigrade is just... Sorry. He's at a Uh, table. There's a a table there. It's a kid's table that he's sitting at. Daniel's just kind of like... Looks around for a few seconds, a little slack-jawed. Shakes... Just like... Shakes themselves out of it and just turns to... The first... Turns to the first... uh, Turns to checkers in the chef's hat and says, You are so lucky... You're showing me all this today instead of tomorrow. I'm 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 still numb to everything. As the French say, Bongiorno. Bongiorno! Pizza, 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 pizza. I am Randolph Percival Checkers, Esquire. That over there is Randolph Percival Checkers, Esquire. It's not delivery. It's Bongiorno. <laughs> um, Checkers goes over to the oven and pulls out a pizza. It is a pizza topped with burritos. Oh no. <laughs> oh. oh what? Uh, I, Daniel just kind of looks at it for a few seconds and walks over to the kids table to sit with uh to sit with Lieutenant Tardigrade. Checker, check both the checkers together. Cut the pizza and then go over and serve it at John's table. There's also a, like another random ensign crewman in here. It's just speakeasy are, for pizza. Are these full size burritos or like mini burritos? They're like mini burritos. Like okay, one okay. fits on a slice. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess. Uh, uh, you have a drink, sir. I don't know what you have to. Yes, we have everything. Do you have water? No. Okay. Um, depends on the kind of water you want. We only have cucumber water right now. You know We're what? Still trying to get that fixed. You know what? That's 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 fine. Thank you. <laughs> he walks over to the replicator, replicates a cactus, cuts open the top, and pours it into a glass. Cucumber water for you, sir. Thank you. Uh. What is a cactus but this prickly cucumber? Da- uh, Daniel D- Daniel just takes a big drink of the water and just like and, and, and just goes ah man that sure is quenching. Well, we're definitely introducing the new guy to the greatest possible level of weirdness all at once. Tell just, me, are you a man of business? Uh, no. I see. And, and he just kind of. Pensively starts chewing on a slice of burrito pizza, looking at the uh, at, uh, l- at the lieutenant. 
There's you're also eating, mac and cheese in the burrito. You're you're eating something that involves a burrito from Checkers. You need to make a fitness command roll. Oh no no! It's only when he distills it it gets horrible. No no fitness command. Ah. Uh, do, uh do, uh how how would a uh, value work into this at all? Uh, the values, you would be able to re-roll a die if you did particularly poorly, and then you would basically talk talk about the value and how it's used, and you'd re-roll a die. Okay, because I have a, a value that says nothing ventured, nothing gained, and I was wondering if that could apply to this. That would, uh, that would actually apply to this, but you would it would be after the fact, I think, but Rick has more. Let, let him yeah, talk. you can actually use a value to get a, a automatic crit as well. So it's either oh. one or the other, but you can uh, do it. Do right. it well, I'm it. I'm just gonna roll and I'm Actually, just gonna roll and if no, I like get two failures. I was about to say knowing that and knowing the fact that you have the value, I'll just say it's it's a burrito pizza. It's an experience. Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna roll normally. That actually sounds really good, burrito pizza. <laughs> I, I think I messed it up. Elevation point. My bad. Like, what's the most random thing I could do to this pizza? Burrito. And then you doubled it by filling the burrito with mac and cheese. Yeah. Just wait till he finds the sprinkles in the crust. Oh, you make sure you add <laughs> make sure you add pineapple to it as well. So one success. Oh, anchovies. Once as before, this it's it's an experience. You're uh I mean it's an experience. it's you've definitely experienced that. That happened. And the cactus juice is starting to kick in. It's peyote. Oh, God. I think every single person, except Eli, who's probably smirking to himself, just did a facepalm. <laughs> and no, Mark, is not calamari tomato sauce. It is vodka sauce. Like, olive, petty olive vodka sauce. No, penne is the... Vodka sauce. Yeah, just... Just like give it, give it like forty-five minutes, and Daniel's just going to appear in engineering, just like, just like, with mad ramblings out of, high out of his mind on something that was in something that was fed to him. And I hope he'll have learned a valuable lesson about following checkers. Checkers and checkers sit by the, by the pizza oven. Yeah, just did. Like, Daniel's uh, pupils are just slowly dilating larger and larger, and then they just kind of get up at some point and start staring into the pizza oven. The pizza oven stares back. (laughs) The pizza oven, after a few minutes, says, No, I think there might have been something in some of that. Yeah. Yeah, I think you might be onto that. Well, let's get out of here... And they 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 turn back towards Lieutenant Tardigrade and goes to pick them up. <laughs> Lieutenant Tardigrade is a little feisty, but not so feisty that he'll resist cuddles and pickups. And with that, Daniels with Tardigrade in ha- in arms just starts to wander down a random Jeffrey's tube away from the pizza oven. Uh, speakeasy. <laughs> he finds uh, the, you know. Oh no 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 no! What he's I. I, I've got something better than he finds the casino. He finds the hives. Well, he already found those. Oh, he, he oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So at this moment, the camera cuts up to the bridge where 
This is just slightly later, but Kara's up on the bridge, and she's sitting in the captain's chair with her forehead in her hand, holding down the communication button, saying, You lost him. (laughs) (laughs) You lost the time-traveling person who just showed up on the ship. You, You lost him. Um, a wizard is never late. Nor is he early. Nor is he lost. He arrives precisely where he's needed. He's time, man. He will show up. He's a wizard. (laughs) (laughs) Kara just snaps the button to turn off the the communication. Doesn't even respond to that. (laughs) Kara rubs her temples, realizing that with... All the fun and power of being captain comes all the headache. Uh, Good God. Oh, God. (laughs) She looks over at the science station. I'm going to be busy taking us into dry dock. Jess, Aronine, go, go find Daniel. Search for someone who, you know what? Just search for anomalous mental activity, and I'm sure you'll find him. The trio of Rio fans look amongst each other, confused, and then just slightly nod and walk off to the turbo lift. Now the questions become, where does Mr. Wells wander? Please have him wander into Trog's quarters. Now, what, what, if I wander oh, into the, what if I wander into the hollow deck with Trog's program still running? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're all still leaving the holodeck. Well, no, Kara had time to go up to the bridge, and this is sometime later. So, well, all right. Well, Trog's still in there. He's doing his thing. Yeah. From somewhere he, in the crowd, he's, drink, he's drinking with his hollow buddies. For somewhere in the crowd, stumbles out a man wearing a combination leather jean jacket with a long mullet, carrying a tardigrade. What the hell? You. Several, several Nausicaan. Hollow pirates notice this guy and charge him. Uh, let's go ahead and get get a daring security roll. If he succeed, if Daniel succeeds, I'm totally going to call this drunken master kind of style. <laughs> Keep in mind, he's daring also what? got daring security. Who's he got? Lieutenant Tardigrades. Which which other Tardigrades does he have? He's, he's Lieutenant got Lieutenant Tardigrade. Tardigrade. Oh God! Yeah, so. The tardigrade that has spent the last, like, six months on a Klingon bird of prey. And you guys haven't seen what he's been getting up to, so he's going to oh. join in the fray here. Oh, what can go wrong? The question so, is not what can go wrong. The question is what won't go wrong. Okay, oh, this is the best thing ever. Hey. So, a group of Nausicans charge at Daniel... Who kind of staggers around and swerves on his feet. He trips one. He hangs onto one to get his balance and ends up throwing him across the holodeck. And the other, when he comes close, gets headbutted by Daniels as he staggers forward. I will let Marcus figure out the complication for John because I don't know. I don't have anything, but I'm sure he does. So John just issues out a just a blood cry, although if to him it just sounds like And just from nowhere, just there's a blue flash and he pulls out a, a, a slightly 
blue tinted batleth and just starts going to town on the um uh going to town on the uh Nosian, just you know taking one out one after the other sport jumping here or there and he just starts banging the floor with the uh batleth time and time again until he breaks through the holographic matrix hits the holographic emitter down below and just buries the batleth into the floor causing it a rupture in an EPS conduit, sending him flying back up and hitting the ceiling back down. Although he just pops back up and says, Wee! I get him, I get him, I get him. And he runs over to the bat left. I should also point out that this has shorted out the holodeck. So, what? Daniel, all the people who charged at you have disappeared. The crowd has disappeared. The strange arena has disappeared. All everything has disappeared. And you're now just in a black room with yellow lines on it. I Two other people. I, I turn to I turn to I turn to Lieutenant Tardigrade and just scream, "We are Death Incarnate!" <laughs> oh, Lieutenant Tardigrade just goes, "Yeah, we Death Incarnate!" and proceeds to try to tunnel through the floor using his bat left, just using it as a pickaxe. Boom, boom, boom. He's got a lot of energy he needs to work out. Chorog is standing in the mill in the inner corner, hand over, his, hand over his face, peering through his fingers, thinking, dear God, please end this. I would tell Technically, it's a... already been ended. Right after right after a mystery spaceman and a tidy tardigrade just wiped the floor with your hollow pirate crew. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> Okay, folks, I don't know what Lieutenant Tardigrade tried to do, but he just got basically the exact same roll of two successes and a complication. Yes, so Lieutenant Tardigrade is, like, he's just burrowing and burrowing and burrowing and just sort of breaks through the floor, crashes down, and you just hear a chorus of screams as Lieutenant Tardigrade has fallen into a, um, a, a poetry recital class uh, going in on progress, and he just shouts out, I am, he just shouts out, I am Death Incarnate! And there's just more screaming. Daniel, Daniel uh, runs over to the hole and just, just jumps down, intending to do a superhero landing. Oh, you're going to have to roll for that. Yeah, but first, right after he jumps, the door to the holodeck opens, and in charge three Weothians, who all look up at Chorog. Which way, they cry. Chorog, without pointing a word, just points in the direction of the smoking hole in the floor. They run over and jump in the hole. Now let's see about Daniel's landing. This, I'm just going to go ahead and say daring uh, security again. It worked last time. Do you have any threat to spend? <laughs> I do. So let's go ahead and spend some threat and make it an 8, you know, 17 critical rate. Spend 3 threat. For the record, Trog opens his, opens his uniform Finds the small bottle of venom he had, drops it and pulls out a much larger bottle and just chugs it. Wait, so do I so do I do Um it's gonna be your target range, then a one, then your uh seventeen. Because the one is still your critical range. Um uh, so what uh holodeck number is this? A uh, whatever well, one is this, was, this was holodeck one, now it's a smoking wreck. Yeah, I was about to say it's above a poetry class, whatever it was. But I will say it's holodeck one. 
Just for if we need to identify it in some other way. Anyway, Daniels jumps through the hole, lands face first on the floor, and then stands up, having apparently felt nothing. I mean, cl- close enough, close enough. That's it's, it's the iconic landing position of a very popular uh, superhero from comics that was, uh, was published in uh, around 2047. You guys wouldn't know about it right now. Oh, right. I'm sorry. You said you wanted to do the superhero landing pose. That happens instead. Okay. Either one is fine. Whatever you want to happen. No, you already said. So he lands in a superhero action pose. Okay. And then tumbling right after him come three rats who are about three feet tall who landed a perfect triangle around him and all strike a pose as well. (laughs) John, uh, Lieutenant Tardigrade claps. Daniels just uh, straightens up and gives a little bow to Lieutenant Tardigrade and the surrounding uh, poets. There is light, scattered applause, with confusion. Come, my friend. Oh, sorry. The little rats tug on uh, Wells's, you know, pant legs. Um, You need to come with us. Another one squeaks. You're on some sort of mental enhancing substance. Last one size. Not mental enhancing. Definitely not mental enhancing. Look, you need to go to sickbay. Ah, uh, yes, of course. Come, my friends, to Val- a Valhalla awaits. The, the last rat, who was the well-spoken one, just kind of thinks for a minute and goes, Yeah, Valhalla, look, we'll point, you, we'll point the way. You, you, here, I'll show you. And I, I guess Daniel's... Uh, not Daniel's. Uh, I guess Daniel just follows three rats in a tardigrade towards the med- medical bay again. Cut back up to the bridge. Jara punches down on the communication button. Jorog, what is it? I found our drunken time traveler attending Tardigrade. They just wrecked my ceremony along with Holodeck 1. I'll be at the club trying to forget this ever happened. I'm, uh... I- I'm sorry. But with John, these things happen. Um, the drunken time traveler... Was more of a Klingon than most Klingons I know. <laughs> Kara just nods, says thank you, and releases the communication and rubs her temples again. As the camera cuts down to Med Bay, where there are three Riotheans and a Tardigrade gently shooing in a strangely dressed time traveler into Eli's doctor's office while he's busy trying to research. Uh, help. Hello. What's his <laughs> <laughs> no. Jess looks at him. You see problem now. Um. Okay, so any idea what he's on? Because I don't think this is alcohol. Nope. Last clear thought was checkers and pizza. Checkers oh, and cactus. Strange cac- cactus. Okay, that narrows it down to a couple species on different planets. Um, your nose isn't turning purple, right? No, it's not. Uh, Daniels just tries to look at his own nose. <laughs> Cue the camera zooming in as he goes cross-eyed, once again still wearing the mullet wig. All right, um... Spontaneous hair growth, because I don't remember you... Wait, 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 no, that's a wig. 
Well, let's get you on something to help you out. He gets up and gives a gives a scan. What a marvelous idea! I'll be right back. And he starts tries oh. to find the cabinet that uh, that Ged kept uh, put the drink back into. Ged at this point is wisely standing in front of it. Although as soon as Daniel walked in, he clicked a button on a stopwatch. Let's just sit down. It's gonna it's gonna be a fun little adventure. The rats all look up at Daniel. God says you gotta lie down. Please don't call me that. <laughs> oh well, if they insist. And Daniel, uh, Daniel just kind of reluctantly sulks back over to a bed. Neen just looks over at Eli and just whispers, Run with it. It's working. Can we use a different term at least? Different name? Like that. Anyway, when as soon as he sits on the bed, computer activate level one force field. All of a sudden, Daniel, you feel like you're trapped in a mime's delusion. I just try to sit up immediately. Well, Can sit up. Oh, okay. It's around the bed. It's not like. Oh, okay, okay. I, I was. I wasn't sure if it was like. Uh, I wasn't sure if. Uh, yeah. Okay. Never mind. Okay. Uh. Yeah, okay. Uh, after seeing the force field come up, uh, Daniel's... Uh, not Dan. Dang it. You got me saying Daniel's now. Uh, Daniel uh, sits up and has a slight moment of clarity, being incredibly interested in the technology that goes into... That, uh, in, that, when, when, that goes into creating a hard light projection. Alright, don't worry. I'm going to get you a suitable anti-intoxicant. Just sit down, calm down for a minute, and don't lick the force field. Ged looks over at Eli. So that was about uh, 40 minutes. That's about what I expected. I don't know. I was expecting 15. Good point. He was with Checkers. Yeah, that's why I was expecting 15. So, so uh, I don't think it's a burrito juice. Um, he, I heard something about a cactus. His nose isn't turning purple. Um, it's an old Earth species cactus called peyote most likely could be a couple of other things but that's what seems most likely with checkers peyote oh, i remember that from the academy oh that Same. stuff was great i was arguing with the bed for days i had my peyote adventure in norfolk it was not fun eli feels like he knows just a little bit more about ged than he would have liked at this moment anyway he goes over to the replicator he gets a uh, Anti-intoxicant hypo. You see, any last predictions? Anything else you see before I, you know, take the fun away? Hmm. A flash appears in Wells's head. Do not trust the geometric shape. Do not trust the Guardian of the Void. Nothing that concerns you, oh high and mighty one. <laughs> um... Thank you, he says, lowering the force field, injecting injecting Daniel, and stepping back. It's going to take about an hour for you to come down, so you can just vibe on the bed. Uh, I think I've got the right thing for this. Uh, where is it? Oh, oh right here. Uh, Geb pulls out a very old record player and dusts off a record and sets it on there and sets it to play. And it's the first vinyl of Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, God. Wow. We have a lot in common, Ged, because that's what I was going to go for. Better for some Daniel, Grateful Dead. 
Daniel looks over to the record player and asks, what the heck is that thing? Yeah, I, I guess it's uh, a little before your time. It's before our time, too. Like, he's closer to that than we are. Get shrugs. Well, I do believe that that's all I had for today. Um, <laughs> next um, week is going to start off very interesting, but let's see if anybody has any last uh, scenes. Yeah, yeah. Targ and I have got some stuff down in Club 42 we've been waiting on. Right on. In that case, the camera cuts down to Club 42. Trog kind of just saunders in, utterly crestfallen, watching some drunken idiot destroy his ceremony. Trog just plops down at the bar and just starts headbutting the bar. Skipper uh, scuttles up next on the bar stool next to um. Uh, Chorog does her best to sort of reach up and also imitates the headbutting motion. Grimnir looks over. Hey! Don't fuck up me bar! Skipper looks up and just says in a cheery little tardigrade voice. Chorog stops for a moment and sees Skipper. Hey, Skipper. You wouldn't believe what just happened. I didn't love the new one. Stinky one. Tell you what, Skipper, let's... Let's get drunk. Um, although Grimnir knows better and just serves uh, Skipper big chocolate milk. Oh, I actually had a I had a funny thing. Ooh, Poss- go for it. Possibly disastrous, but funny. Grimnir brightens Ooh. up. Oh, I got just the thing. I've been preparing for this. He, he looks over at Skipper. Uh, you're of drinking age for uh, out of hell with it. He, he goes over and gets out a bottle and pours something blue for Skipper into a shot glass and pours uh, basically a mug of venom for uh, uh, Chorog. Uh, I steal your spores. We uh, we got some, so I tried chucking those in and trying to ferment them. Uh, Skipper downs the entire shot glass in one go, just sort of looks up at uh, Grimnir, keeps looking up towards the ceiling, and falls backwards off the barstool. Dunk. Question. Grimnir leans over the bar. I think I need to work on it a little. Sit down the glass. Oh, Skipper is like, damn. Hey, Grimnir, put some purple people dropper in there too, will ya? I don't want to remember this. All right, but for that, you pay up front. Chora gets the purple people dropper together, which is blood wine and Romulan ale. He proceeds to mix it in with the venom. Chugs the entire big metal tankard full of it and falls over backwards, passed out. Grimnir leans over the bar. Hey, you guys are blocking space for paying customers. Grog mutters something dirty and incoherent in Nausicaan and just kind of curls up next, like rolls over next to Skipper, who's just passed out drunk too. Um... Also note that Setsa and Marcus are both in Club 42, but they're on opposite ends of the bar. Occasional glances, but something going on there. For a while, Grave sighs. Says, all right, Grimnir, got the karaoke set, uh, set up. Hold on a minute. I got to take care of these. He walks over around the bar, grabs Checkers and uh, Skipper, and Checkers. Or, sorry, grabs Chorog and Skipper and ch- chucks him out the door. <laughs> then he comes back over and says, yeah, I got your thing all hooked up. All right. Well, drunk enough for it. Uh, I'm going to go make an ass of myself. 
uh, he gets up to the karaoke stand and says, all right, well, hope everyone's having a good day today. Um, we're going to be in uh, Dock for a little bit at uh, Starbase Magellan, but kind of want to make up sort of some stuff that I haven't done lately, kind of a lot of few things out. So the next one I'm going to be donating to a very special person in my life, uh, Sergio Sort of the, the the music comes on. It's you know a little bit of a random riff at the start as Marcus is you know, browsing through the menu. That's just sort of looks over. It starts off with "It's been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally near." And Grimnir looks over. I think I'm going to throw myself out. Right Hold on. <laughs> Grimnir walks out of the my pub. way. <laughs> And Marcus continues on for the full riff. And <laughs> at the end of it, Seth is just sort of like barely containing the laughter. It's just sort of muddled the plus afterwards, and she just sort of shakes her head, and the two end up talking for a little while. Boy, it's Checker's turn. Both Checkers, they're doing a duet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just a small town girl living in a lonely <laughs> Right now, if Kara knew what was going on, she'd be so happy that she's in the captain's chair. I think Trog's, I think Trog's a lucky one. He's passed out drunk. And speaking of which, Eli is headed up to the bridge. Um, Graves, in a shit-eating moment, has activated, he's tapped his comm badge and opened up a ship-wide channel. <laughs> Kara immediately overrides it from the captain's command chair. Ah, Graves sighs. Daniel hears this and takes it as a sign that he should get up and walk around some more. He bumps into the force field that's back up. Oh, You can lick it. <laughs> Do not lick the force field. That is our closing moral for everyone. Okay. I, does anyone have anything left? Because I think we should yeah, leave I, it this. <laughs> but, uh, Eli was going to go up and relieve Kara of duty. I'll take the bridge. Kara looks over at Eli. Keep the comm channels locked down. The captain's doing karaoke. I, I heard, that was checkers, I heard. Whatever, whoever it is, they want everyone to hear. It must I, not happen. I'm aware. Like, I like Journey, but I don't think checkers rendition, no. Kara stands up and goes to sit back down at her usual station. Eli sits in the captain's chair. Feels nice. And then the camera zooms down to Rick Tier in engineering. Uh, this is actually not in engineering. This is, uh, this zooms down to the door in front of uh, Holodeck 1 as the doors slide open. Rick Tier and a team of about three engineers just slowly walk in, see the damage in the floor, and peek down into the hole through the, through the, um, uh, through the deck plating. And uh, down is the floor below, and uh, that's the be where they end. There's a sound of poetry. It's not bad. And uh, if if the scene's over, I do have one little thing that I guess I wanted to do. Okay, uh, and I, Chorog's got a thing too, so let's just okay, go down the list with Chorog first. Cameron uh, cuts back to the Club 47. Everyone's doing their karaoke. Trog momentarily gains a small moment of consciousness and yells out, Freebird! And passes out again. <laughs> and uh, we'll take it away, Mr. Wells. Uh, 
after after the effects of whatever the heck uh, whatever the the heck he ingested is mostly worn off and he's allowed to like walk around a bit more uh uh daniel tries to sneak back into the jeffrey's tubes uh back towards the 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 pizza oven and uh and assuming he uh he can sneak away he just kind of makes his way back and just like now and just hums to himself and starts making a normal pizza Ged taps his combat all right eli the weirdo just left for the jeffrey's tubes i'm not paid enough to follow him um get out all right and as as Daniel picks up the tomatoes, under it are three bees. They detest any theft. <laughs> oh god. Also, um, I've got a last scene with Kara. Oh god. Alright. It's the end of your duty shift. Heading back to your quarters. Kara walks Always through the hallway. Me. Wondering if that strange other her will be in her quarters. Other her is sitting outside, sort of just waves at uh, Kara. Kara blinks. So why are you sitting in the hallway? Um, well, they said they needed a moment. Okay. Kara spins on her heel and starts walking off to Club 42. Ah, <laughs> oh, dang it! <laughs> no! Uh, oh, well. And now for the forty seventh time in a row. I was about to say Oh no 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 no. What she hears when she gets there is Lieutenant Tardigrade taking the stage and singing. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, deedly dee, there they are standing oh. in the row. Kara gets to the Eight open door of Club forty two. Um, Listens spins about on her heel. Walks back to her quarters. And sits back down to the strange alien who's apparently the mirror version of her. The, um... A, like, the door opens a little bit while later, and a very disheveled-looking sets in Marcus A. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, it took so long. Um, yeah, uh, we'll head upstairs. Kara starts to talk, but mirror Kara cuts her off. I'm not the one going in there. You go first. <sighs> Kara sighs and stands up and Pokes her head around to see what has happened. So, um, there's sort of, like, scattered... Things are a bit scattered. Um, Setsu's just sort of... Again, looking pretty disheveled. Marcus is just sort of looking a little bit frazzled, and they just... They, they both just sort of look at Kara, just... Setsu says, um... Yeah, well, sorry, sorry. It just took a little bit longer than expected. Um, yeah, we'll get out of your hair. I think the last thing the camera sees is Kara just... Nodding, and her head just slowly slide back from the open door. <laughs> uh, knowledge just comes running it down from the other end of the hallway, um, holding a very strange slice of pizza in her mouth. Oh no, they found the leftovers. Kara just rubs her temples and thinks to herself, why did I want to be first officer again? <laughs> and the scene fades. <laughs> <laughs>